Hello everyone, welcome, welcome back to Artify. So, today I'm joined by my dad. Hello. So, I'm going to be doing an interview, um, because he does painting and stuff, so maybe, maybe if he agrees, um, he will take over the podcast for a day or something and do an episode about painting. Remember how you totally agreed on that? Totally. I don't know if I remember that part, Natalie. We okay. can talk about it, though. Yeah, okay. Well, so I have a few questions here. So, the first question is, how long have you been painting? I uh, started about eight years ago. Nice. How did you get interested in painting? Well, I've had passing interest in art, visiting art galleries, things like that, well before then. But the event that triggered my interest in really painting was going to uh, a friend's party. One of those where they have uh, artists show up and everyone, it's like a canvas party, I guess is what it's called. And so everyone was painting something and I painted uh, this painting of a tree and I got hooked on it. And so I went to the store and bought paints, art supplies, and just started trying to read things about it and just just trying to learn more and I really enjoyed uh, doing it. Wow, that's interesting. I did not know that. Um, yeah, so, it's because you were young. You were yeah. really young then. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are your, like, inspirations? Like, famous painters specifically. Not necessarily famous, but just, like, painters, I guess. Or what? Like, what kind of? Not necessarily. Like, what do you use for inspiration as well? Like, to make your paintings? Well, I, I mostly do landscapes. I've at times done some still lifes, which would be taking objects or a group of objects and and painting them kind of as they, you know, sit on a table or or something like that. But for the most part, I'm really into landscapes. So uh, I get inspired looking at uh, artists' paintings and also just being out in nature. And I try to visualize how I might do a painting take a lot of photos. The thing is, photographs uh, often aren't going to be perfect in terms of getting a lot of the color and so forth, but just to get the kind of the idea and the composition. So, uh, but um, I originally started painting with pretty bright palette, kind of sort of like an impressionist palette, which would be like following like Claude Monet or uh, Pierre Renoir, uh, you know, some of the French impressionists, American impressionists as well. But uh, I've turned into more of the tonalist school, which is a, was a mark movement in the late 1800s, early 1900s in America, and basically kind of a more limited color palette, a lot of small changes in uh, tones, and kind of more focus on like sunrise, sunset type pictures, not more broad daylight. And so that's uh, um, a lot of painters. A lot of them aren't well known. My favorite painter probably is named Camille Corot. Um, C-O-R-O-T. He was a French painter in the 19th century. Huh. Um, and this isn't, like, in order, but um, kind of brought it up. So what is your probable, probably favorite color to paint with? Like, the, you can be specific, like, a specific name of a paint color, and then you can also be, like, broad, like, saying, like, brown. Like, just, like... <laughs> well, I, I guess I like green... 
you know, in terms of the paintings. But the thing is, I don't usually paint green, like just green out of the tube. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll put some green in there, but I usually will mix colors to make a green. A lot of people would think mixing yellow and blue, but I actually prefer, and this is not very popular by uh, modern artists for the most part in a lot of schools, especially like Impressionists, but I will often take uh, yellow and black to make a green, and then sometimes I will gray it down even a little bit, make uh, put some white and black in there, and then another shade of green and sometimes some brown, either what's uh, called burnt umber or raw umber, and uh, that's uh, often how Corot made his landscapes, the greens. And so I try to kind of copy that. And um, so, like, do you have, like, a specific color that you get a lot, like, you know, like the name of, like, a, like um, you know how, like, Bob Ross and, like, Phthalo Blue and stuff? Like, is there a color that you really like, like a specific one? Well, I really like... Um, I guess uh, cobalt blue is one. Uh, I usually use that when I do the skies. Not that I always have blue skies, but if I have blue in it, I will often use that. Although I often use thalo blue, which is one that Bob Ross used. And I also um, like to use uh, like yellow ochre, which is a kind of a brownish uh, tinted yellow. It's, a, you know, it's basically a kind of a warmer yellow. And... Uh, Mix that in with uh, a lot of landscapes too, especially in the autumn pictures. You know, do that with kind of orange tones and things like that. Nice. <laughs> um, I just noticed the um, Camille Corot book on the nightstand. It's kind of funny. But, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, what's next? Um, what kind, like, what type of paint do you use? Like, um, you know, type of paint. <laughs> Right. Well, the all the masters would mostly paint in oil paints, although some would do watercolors. Uh, I use, most of the time use acrylic paint, which is something that just came about more in the mid twentieth century. Uh, painters like Corot or Claude Monet didn't have acrylics; they didn't exist yet; they weren't invented. So, uh, I wonder if some of these painters, if they had access to that, if they would do that, like Vincent Van Gogh. Um, just with his painting style, he'd probably love acrylics. It's too bad, but I mostly do acrylics. I have done some oils, but I feel a lot more comfortable with acrylic because I've had more experience with it. Oils are more challenging. They take a lot longer to dry, which is good in terms of some things, like it takes you take more time to blend colors together, but it's also difficult because if you try to do it when the colors are haven't dried totally, the colors mix, and you might have a lot of mud, <laughs> as Bob Ross will sometimes say, for instance. <laughs> Um, so, like, is there any other, like, significant differences between acrylic and oil paints? Well, the water, the acrylics are water-based. <clears throat> so, when you put the paint down, the water evaporates, and it evaporates pretty quickly, so the acrylic paints dry very fast. Some people don't like that. I actually do, in most cases. Uh, although you can use different chemicals to actually ex extend the drying time a little bit if you want to. I haven't done that too much. Uh, Oil-based paints are actually based on oil, so you, uh, you know, it takes a lot longer to dry, and you use uh, like an oil to kind of thin it out or to put layers on, and 
it's uh, different to clean them too. You can just use water to clean out your brushes. With oil, a lot of people use paint thinner, uh, which, um, you know, if you don't have the odorless kind, will be, you know, smoking and run out of the house because it's really a uh, very strong smell. Uh, there's odorless kind out there. Uh, although I've also was told by a painter to use like Dawn and like clean it out that way with water and that works pretty well. So I, that's what I've done to clean out my brushes. But yeah, it has to do with um, you know, a lot with the flexibility and versatility of the paint and how fast it dries. And also the oil cover, oil paints tend, the colors tend to have a little more coverage uh, than the acrylics, I've noticed. So earlier you brought up Bob Ross like quotes. So what is your favorite like Bob Ross quote? Like favorite Bob you know Ross I mean? <laughs> quote? Uh, probably. Uh, well, I, I like when he cleans the brush and he like beats it really <laughs> hard against the the thing. He says, "Beat the devil out." <laughs> but I also like when he uh, draws or paints trees and he says, "Let's give him a friend." <laughs> Happy little tree. <laughs> um. I mean, I know you've kind of already answered this question, but what kind of things do you like to paint? Well, I mostly do landscapes. Uh, I, like I said, I've done some still lifes, but um, for the most part, I, I do landscapes, and I will often do paintings that are either at sunset or sunrise, or a lot of times more gray overcast skies. I rarely do ones where they're very bright, in that regard, I've done that sometimes. Um, and so um, a lot of times I'll take photographs and just use it. But the thing is, I once I start, I I pretty quickly just kind of go into my own thing. And sometimes I just kind of do it just fully in my mind. It just kind of depends on the, what I'm doing. So how long would you say an average like painting you make would take you to paint? Well, that'll depend on the size of the canvas. Uh, I, the smallest paintings I've done are on 8 inches by 10 inches so you know probably smaller than a loose leaf piece of paper uh, and so you know it, it could still take a long time if you do a lot of work and, and layers but that will just take less because you have a lot of surface area to cover and so that will be you know maybe a couple hours maybe 4 or 5 hours and the largest one I've ever done is 24 by 36 inches, so 2 by 3 feet. And just because just of the amount of size, it's naturally going to take longer to uh, do a lot of the painting. So uh, I don't know. I would say maybe the longest I've ever taken to do a painting might be 6, 7 hours, maybe 8. I, it's hard to say because a lot of times I'm doing it in spurts. I don't have a lot of full-time job and, and uh, watching you and your brother keep out of mischief and all that. I have to... <laughs> Sometimes go just shorter intervals at a time, so it might take three or four sittings to do a painting. Yeah. Um, what is um, your, like, painting style? Well, I'd be more of, like, the tonalist style, so that would be, like, the the tonalist or also a school, the uh, French artists that were called the Barbizon painters, uh, B-A-R-B-I-Z-O-N. And Camille Crowe is kind of considered being that group, but there are a lot of other painters that were as well. And so those kind of more muted palettes, trying to have more of an emotional reaction, not necessarily painting exactly as you see everything. It's not a book report. You try to make it as beautiful as possible. So you take a real setting maybe, but you make it more stylized and beautiful, but still it's realistic. It's not abstract. It's not 
something that's like there's no way that can happen it's not like you're painting um you know blue cats or anything like that <laughs> but um it's um not necessarily like we just paint exactly uh, in terms of what's out there you can you know change things or at least i do are there like what are like the other kind of like main types of paint like style paintings well there's there's a lot of areas i mean the impressionist school which would be the brighter colors the really short brush strokes if you look at like claude monet or uh, renoir or another one who i actually amongst the impressionists i like a lot his name is camille passaro um, they uh, will have that kind of style very bright palette which was revolutionary back in the 18 starting in the 1870s roughly and then uh, there's just a lot of other types of painting that are a lot more abstract and a lot of schools and so forth. And there's a lot of them I'm not as knowledgeable about. Uh, but um, that's the thing is, I mean, I just kind of paint whatever I want to. I don't, being an amateur, I don't have to worry about what patrons want. <laughs> you know, I'm not worrying about selling anything. So, um, yeah, it's just whatever I want to do. That's a great thing. You just kind of just, it's, it's an expression of yourself and, you know, just the creativity is great no matter what you're doing. Um, what is your favorite painting or like uh, a few like that you've ever done? I've ever done. And I mean, I know this podcast, you can't really like, yeah, yeah, so you no just explain it. <clears throat> well, there was one when I, um, actually when I was, uh, there's a, a YouTube, a painter who does YouTube videos, uh, that's uh, about tonalism. And so I watched those and he was the one who gave the kind of the secret to you know the palette of crow who was also one of his favorite painters uh, in terms of how he made his green and what i had not been doing before is adding uh kind of the what's called phthalo green and then uh like a brown with it along with the kind of white and black to kind of gray it out and so i did a painting that kind of emulates that and i feel like if i look at it, it's one right over by the wall right there not that Listeners can see that, but the one with the, the big tree on the left. And so I think, like, if I'm looking at some of the crow paintings, it's very similar looking in that regard. It's not as good, obviously, but it's similar in terms of the the palette and gives that feeling. So I try to do more paintings like that. I have a lot of other fav favorite artists, too. Um, American one that I really like, his name is George Ines, I-N-N-E-S-S. And um, a few others that are not very well known, but uh, there's one named John Francis Murphy, who was a great painter back then, but um, you know a lot more obscure compared to, let's say, the Impressionists. So, uh, so those are some that I try to do. But uh, that painting I did there, um, you know, there's a couple others I've done recently, like the one, the one that I did with the uh, the evergreen trees on the left, Nellie, uh, with the hillside. And that was a little more colorful, as you even pointed out, because you <laughs> sometimes criticize that I, my palette is not colorful enough. That one, I really like how that worked out. That I based kind of sort of a, a photo I had taken, um, and, uh, but I, of course, made changes and, and just kind of went from there. A lot of times, it's, you don't even think. It's, it's like a meditation, almost like you, I don't even think about anything and just kind of comes out, and I feel like that's when I do the best. So, what would you say your favorite, like, famous painting is, or, like, just necessarily, not necessarily, like, extremely famous, but, like, just, like, painting, um, 
I guess famous, but like, um, what would you say your favorite would be? Yeah, I mean the, I guess the a lot of the Camille Crow ones, the landscapes. There's a lot of um, his later in his life. He didn't travel as much, um, and for that time, he, for the 1800s, he lived pretty long. He was almost 80 years old when he died. He um, did a lot of paintings toward the end of his career, where he called them. They're called souvenirs, which are more like memories. And so, if you look up a lot of those, like under souvenir and Corot, you'll see a lot of his old, his late painting style because. His, if you look at his early paintings and his middle paintings, his late paintings, they changed a lot. He got inter- he got really interested with photography, which was just starting, and back in the mid eighteen hundreds. And he got into kind of showing a lot of these blurred edges. Uh, that's something that tonalists do a lot. Is there's not really a hard edge in anything, meaning it's not like there's a hard line that would you know separate a tree from another object. You try to blur things as much as possible, um, and so his paintings, the kind of air in there, it's something I'm still trying to do. But basically, a lot of those paintings, um, uh, I really, really like. So, what do you think of the contemporary art world? <laughs> well, there's a lot of art that will go to uh, auctions. And, I mean, I don't know, you... You, you might have seen you know, some things like this. I mean, it's it looks like it's just some lines. Um, I, you know, it, it looks like I could have whipped it out in 10 minutes, and maybe there's something I'm, I'm missing, you know, some <laughs> structure or something I'm missing. But uh, there's, there's definitely um, a lot out there that might sell for millions of dollars, and I'm kind of scratching my head, frankly, you know, what people see in it. Um, but, you know, the art world, I, from the little I know of it, is... Something where, I mean, the values of these paintings are astronomical. And I, I would prefer a, a master like Corot, whose painting would probably sell for a fraction of the cost of some of these modern painters. Um, just, I think, uh, I think just more, more talent in general. I mean, there's obviously contemporary painters that are great, but in terms of like the modern, more abstract areas, um, I just, I mean, you know, I, I just don't get it. But that's just, that's just me. Yeah. Everyone is their own view and that's why there's a market for those paintings i definitely i love i I, like abstract paintings so they're like cool but like yeah they i feel like they do like they sell for like a lot of money sometimes like i saw this one thing was like sold for like a ton like thousands of dollars and like all the person did was just it was a giant canvas they just like literally poured paint on it or something like yeah Yeah. well there's some styles like um you know like jackson pollock he would just like lay a huge canvas on the ground and like throw stuff around, but he would move around. I mean, I think the, there's some definitely some planning and structure there. And then you take like Picasso and Cubism and things like that. But some of the modern paintings or some of the modern artworks, not just paintings, uh, just just seems to be I don't know. I don't know the best word to say it. I don't want to be too harsh, but it just seems like it. Um, really kind of flies in the face of traditional art values, I think, to a lot of people anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's um, something where I, I would, even if it means that I couldn't sell something for as much, uh, it's, you know, I would want to do what I would want to do, you know, if it's not popular. <laughs> um, what tips do you have for people who uh, maybe have an interest in painting or want to start painting or already do paint? Well, I would say um, try to devote as much time as you can to it. Um, if you 
or like me and you have a full-time job and so forth it's hard to do i mean if you really really want to get good I mean, you probably really need to be painting almost every day or every day a little bit um, i um, definitely could be better at drawing you know, the more you can draw well i think that would help your paintings but i wouldn't say you have to be a great drawer to be able to paint well either it's kind of a different idea it's different different aspect of it so so certainly it doesn't hurt but it's not necessarily oh I, i'm not that good at drawing so why would i paint i wouldn't say that at all i mean i just think it's kind of neat it's a whole other dimension of mixing the colors together and the composition part is kind of like drawing but there's other aspects of painting that are unique so I would um, say just, you know, just whatever kind of thing you want to paint and practice it. And, and, you know, if you take lessons from someone, great. If you read books or read stuff, I mean, tons of material online about techniques. Uh, I, I pretty much self-taught. I took a few lessons here and there from people, like group lessons. But for the most part, I'm just kind of self-taught and just keep learning. And so uh, that's what I would say. Um, how do you think your painting style or just how you paint has evolved over the years of painting. As in how well I've painted or? <laughs> yeah, like how well, like have you been like improved or like what's different about your style or oh. something? Because for me, um, looking at like a drawing I did a month ago, I'd be like, ew, that drawing was so bad. Why did I ever like it? So Yeah, yeah, it's well, I mean, there's a lot of early paintings almost all the paintings I did in the first couple of years don't exist anymore. Either I painted over it and, you know, so that, that happens. I mean, if it's something you don't like, uh, Georgian S I, from what I read, he was a guy that would sometimes paint over a painting 20 times. And so, and he's a professional, I mean, so it's, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. And so a lot of those I, um, painted over, you know, basically you might have to sand it down a little bit if there's some kind of bumps or whatever. Although a lot of my paintings don't have a lot of texture like some, but uh, just paint a new color over it. And usually I don't start with just painting on a white canvas. I usually paint a color like a kind of a ground to kind of set the tone first. Uh, some people start with a white canvas. I think, it, I think it's hard to kind of start that way. So I usually put like a light brown or like a reddish brown, like a... Um, uh, burnt sienna color uh, which is kind of a reddish brown um, and so I'll kind of paint over that and just start over and so I have paintings out there where I probably have forgotten what was underneath it but they have the, these radio uh, scopes I think they're called where you look at these paintings that the masters had and you look underneath and they had another painting underneath it and you could see like you can't see with the naked eye but with these like uh, these radio scopes you can see that so it's kind of cool so I do that there's some that I've literally like destroyed and gotten rid of and that's okay too it's not something i'd want someone to find <laughs> and so uh, so yeah so there were some that i look at and i'm like wow that's really bad <laughs> by the time i you know i thought it was great so it means i guess i'm evolving and that's normal i guess yeah and um that's all the questions i have so are there any like final words well i would say uh uh, definitely encourage uh, to get into painting. I got into it when I was a doll. I was in my mid-30s, I guess. Sometimes I wish, gosh, if I had gotten into it when I was a kid, when I had all this time on summer break. Well, of course, now summer break's over, but, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, definitely, it's, um, 
know, when you have the time, it's you know, great to take advantage of it. And, you know, whether even if you just do it for like a casual hobby or if you really get serious in it, I, you know, I definitely encourage it. It's um, relatively inexpensive. I mean, the you can get a relatively cheap paints, like student grade. You can get the artist grade, which is why you should get it. And then there's the professional grade, which is a lot more expensive. It does make a difference. But when you're first starting out, I would get the cheapest stuff you can get just to get used to it. And cheap canvases or, I mean, even paint on like cardboard or something, whatever you have around, uh, or even little block, you know, flat pieces of wood if you have something like that. So um, you can kind of start in relatively inexpensively. Well, thank you for coming here today. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to this. Um, and if um, you want more painting episodes from my dad, then send me a voice message or email me because I'm sure he would be happy to do that, right? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yes. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and have a nice day. Bye. Bye.